Hello and welcome to another episode of Be Your Own Manager, the career and entrepreneurship podcast for classical musicians. My name is Bernhard Karras. Today I want to continue a bit on form follows function or function follows form, what I talked about last week on live events. But today I want to focus a bit more on recordings. Before I go into that, Quick reminder, we have the great course coming up of home recording and streaming, which is done by Sofia Livotov and Satria Krishna. Sign up for it. It's an excellent course and you can really learn about a lot about streaming and home recording. Also, we have another Be Your Own Manager base course coming up where I teach a lot what is in my book and even more than that. It would be great to have you at any of these courses. Now let's get right back to form follows function. The interesting thing when you think about recording and the development of the recording history is that any kind of recording was always actually pretty limited to the medium it was recorded on. Well, I grew up in the LP time, I'm sorry to say so. And an LP side had about 30 minutes or so. Yes, there were singles beforehand and there were a lot of different formats. Now, 30 minutes is pretty much okay for classical music until it becomes really romantic. So listening to a Mozart piano concerto or so on an LP was absolutely, absolutely fine. Even actually kind of a Brahms piano concerto was okay. You might actually have had to turn the LP around because it was just one movement or so on one side. Now, creating an LP was actually pretty difficult, finding the right program to fit on one of these LPs with two times 30 or 35 minutes or so. So that was actually how these LPs were made. They decided on a main piece of work they wanted to present and then kind of some things to fill the time. The same thing happened when we developed the CDs in the late 80s and everybody was happy that the CD actually had 70 minutes or so of playing time. Now we could even actually record Wagner operas without <laughs> turning the LP right when Valkyrie or Wotan was singing. So that was a great, great achievement. But again, what came on the CD, the programming, was actually dictated by this around 70 minutes or so we have on a CD. So again, there was a core work, piece of work a symphony, a concerto or so, and then things around that. Often you found two, three piano concertos there. Three piano concertos by Wolfgang Mandias Mozart. Great, fine, but on the other hand, probably also a bit boring. Yes, luckily, there were actually also CDs which told stories. And I'm always a big fan of the Kronos Quartet, who were probably the first ones to really reinterpret the format, the strict 70 minutes 
they had on SED. Because they didn't just put one string quartet after the other on there and saying, oh, you know, we have kind of 15 minutes left. What kind of string quartet would fit into these 15 minutes? They would go a very different way. They would tell a story. And they would not only put single movements there, they would put quite a lot of various repertoire there. Very, very different. So that was the CD. But now we need to recognize that we are living in a streaming world. And that has its absolutely great advantages, but also some disadvantages. The first one to realize is actually that the whole online music market was not done by classical music lovers. It was developed by people who loved pop music. That brought about a huge problem of the so-called metadata. And luckily, that has gotten much, much better. Metadata is the data you have in the background of any kind of electronic file, giving you details about that. Now, because this needs to go into a database, that follows a certain categorization. And the early metadata of a sound file had seven fields. That was it. Because for pop music, that's more than enough. But you never ever can put actually data, for example, of an opera there. Because you already have 10 singers plus a conductor and an orchestra and a choir. Plus a composer and a work. And then you might actually have um, different versions of it, and so on. That's too much for the metadata. As I said, it got much better, so you do not need to worry about it too much. But you can actually start thinking how to creatively use the streaming world. Now, the streaming world, because it came from the pop music, is still made up from actually single songs. Now, I find it very funny if I go on classical music playlists, which are automatically generated by um, computers or so, on Spotify or Apple Music, and there you listen to a movement of a Beethoven piano concerto, and then you hear, hear a Shostakovich string quartet, but just one movement. Then comes probably Bach aria, um, to be followed by a piece of Verdi. That's kind of the most awful programming you can have. But that re the reason behind that is that this is automatically generated on based on some kind of weird algorithms. And they haven't actually gotten to the point to understand that classical music works differently. Now, what does that mean for you? First of all, getting music on these digital platforms is actually pretty easy. And there are a couple of companies out there, CD Baby, but lately it seems to be Record Chat, which is one of the best ones to do that and one of the fairest ones. So putting out just one song, just one movement or so is really easy. But you have to rethink how you do that. How can you put it together? Is it good just to put out one movement of something? Or do you want to have a concerto, a recital, a story, whatever it is. 
It is fantastic that you have the ability to create something which is not confined by 30 minutes or 70 minutes or so. It can be short, it can be long. It really asks for your creativity. And then there's the whole game of playlists. Putting together a playlist actually can be quite fascinating. And it can be pretty good for your own works. Not only to have a playlist of your own works, but to have a playlist of various works, including your work. And the more interesting your playlist is, the better it'll be for the piece you actually have in that playlist. So thinking carefully about generating playlists, sharing them, giving them a theme which people are attracted to, might help you tremendously to get actually more listeners for your own music. Suddenly you have the ability, for me as a singer, I can create a playlist of Pavarotti, Domingo, Krubarover and Bernhard Karras. Not bad to be together with these names. Well, I don't have music out there on Spotify, so you don't need to look for that. My podcasts are fine enough and they don't go into playlists. But just think about that, that you suddenly can actually put yourself among the big names, which will actually make that playlist again more attractive. So summing up today's ideas and thoughts is that when thinking about recordings, don't necessarily let yourself be dictated by the minutes you have to fill. If you really still want to go for a physical CD, which might be absolutely fine, be sure to think about the purpose of that CD. And if it goes for more the consumers, I would highly suggest to have a story to tell, a red thread going through that CD. But the streaming world is a completely different world. Spotify, Apple Music, etc. work differently. There you have a lot of liberty. There you have endless possibilities for your creativity. You just need to understand that it actually works per single song. But with that, you can play around a lot to bring your music to the people. I hope you found that interesting and I hope that I teased a bit of your innovation thinking in there. If you have created something interesting as a CD or as a list on Spotify or so, do let me know. I'm very happy to share that. I hope you liked that podcast. If you do, please share it with others. And I do hope to get a lot of suggestions for really cool music out there. Thanks so much for listening. This was Be Your Own Manager and I'm Bernhard Karras. Bye-bye.